This is the Now Good Brothers podcast. Um, we had a special guest with us this week by the name of Lucas Chase. The Getting cure. ready for Lucas the Chase. June 8th show at Father Malloy Center. Um, just a heads up for all our listeners. It does end pretty abruptly. He did not allow us to have our outro nope. to our show. He was very um, aggressive with to us. To say the least. For lack of a better term. Also arousing. I guess for you? I mean, it's a weird shit. I figured. It's the mask, isn't it? It was the mask. S&M? It was real pointy. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh, we just want to give you the heads up now that it will just randomly, abruptly end. But it was fun. It was a very fun interview. It was good. I can't wait for the show. I was a little nervous. He got a little, he, he got, he got a little angry. He did. He did. He did. Thanks a lot, Martin Skull. Oh, I'm sorry. That's... Or Marty, Marty, whatever that loser's he, name is. Some guy. Um, but I hope you guys enjoy the show. Because we had fun. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back. Next week. Next week? Uh, no. Every other week? Every other week. Uh, oh, with that said, I'm glad you brought that up. Brought what up? Um, the fact that we're going to be here every other week. Yes. Um, we are not formatting anymore. There's not going to be any legitimate script. We're just we're, flowing. We're just going to flow. Um, there may be some pop culture stuff thrown in there, uh, some other sports stuff thrown in there. Um, we're just going to flow. A lot of it's going to be mostly wrestling. You know, we're still going to stick to that, but there is going to be a lot of other content as well. We're going to try and get more guests. Definitely more guests. We're uh, definitely going to maybe get a few of the defunct three count podcast members in here. Uh, once in a blue. I'm hoping to get um, some fellow gentlemen on my end to come and join us for the podcast um, by the name of Bruce. Uh, oh, I'd love to have Bruce in here. I definitely want to get Ty down. Ty is really fun to have on a podcast. I mean, we just need to bring him down, man. Uh, Brooklyn's far. Uh, train. Who has a train lying around? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enjoy this week's episode. Yeah, Later. show. Welcome to the Good Brothers Podcast. It is I, the Good Brother West, back again with the Good Brother Brody. Brody, how's it going today? It's going. It's going really good, especially since we're joined by the very, very good brother, the Cure, Lucas Chase. Yes, we have officially solidified our first guest on the Good Brothers Podcast, the Cure, Lucas Chase, introduce yourself, my friend. Thank you guys very much for having me, and I appreciate it. Definitely, definitely. Awesome, and a privilege to be our first guest on this podcast. I'm thoroughly excited for this. Brody, how are you excited for this? Well, you can't see it right now, but the table went up a little bit. (laughs) Because the cure has that effect. Awesome, it's awesome. Lucas, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for Um, having me. we'll, We'll get right into the thick of things, and we'll talk about... You as a person, I know, you know, you're getting ready to start something really big, but we'll get to that at the end of the podcast. Absolutely. Um, being that you're our first guest, I want to ask a couple questions. Get a, get everybody to know a little more about the <laughs> cure. Everybody <Lucas> does. <laughs> so we'll start off with this. Look at how how'd you get into the wrestling business? I mean, 
That's a pretty open-ended question. Okay. Um, I literally grew up watching the product. You know, I was actually on the opposite side of the table, huge WCW fan. Oh, as a so kid. Was I. Yeah. I, oh, really? Yes. Okay. Who's your favorite WCW wrestler? My favorite WCW wrestler of all time? Yeah. Obviously, Ric Flair. Okay. Um, yeah. Actually, no. Let me. Let oh, me see, he's backtracking already. No. Listen, if the cure is making it, you nervous, okay. it is Ric Flair. Okay. But a very close second is Art Anderson. All right. So you're a Four Horsemen fan? To an extent. Because there's been iterations of the Four Horsemen that I'm kind of like. Eh, Original Four Horsemen fan. Who's. Uh, no, I'm a mix. Only Tully. No. Arn. Arn, Flair, Wyndham. Wyndham's phenomenal. Blanchard. Okay. That's my four. Okay. All right. All That's right. a good then, All right. You know, in the later years, Benoit Pillman. Dude, the Benoit years. Uh... That's kind of when I started slacking off because, I mean, that that's when uh, they started getting the Mondo thing going. Yeah, but see, b- before Mondo. Not a huge fan of that before, shit. Before Mondo, I'm all in. Okay. It's funny that you say that. I like that. We'll get into that later, too. But, yeah, I'm a big. That's I'm, what we call in the biz foreshadowing. I'm a, I'm a big Arn Anderson guy. His his mic skills were second to none. I think Arn Anderson is one of the most underrated professional wrestlers of all time. I'm glad you agree with me. And that is a, that is 100% that's too. That's very agreeable. Um, so we'll we'll get into your training and stuff in a minute. You said you're a WCW WCW fan. Um, I didn't start watching the WWF for the World Wrestling Federation. Um, the world is watching. That's it. Oh man. (laughs) Um, Midway midway through the Austin stuff. Um, which is like mid ninety eight ninety nine. Okay. Type of deal. Um, definitely didn't start really getting into it until. You know, close to WrestleMania 15 with the WWF. Um, okay. I was always about WCW. There's something about the product. Um, I love Sting. Big Van Vader oh, was yes. one of my favorite. Um, the Mastodon. The Mastodon himself. That's right. Rest in, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, the greatest big man of all time. It's not even about size and, and movement. It's just about work rate. And that's, no, yeah, that's, what the, that's what the cure is all about. Work okay. rate. You know, I, I'm at a point in my career now where I've been through the thick of it. Mm-hmm. I've done so much in, in, in a short amount of time and then had to turn away from the business because of, you know, certain things that, that happened personally and professionally. Um, and I got too big for my bridges and I had some self-reflecting time and that is where the cure has, has really matured. And now I'm at the point where I'm coming back um, June the 8th in Black Rock, Connecticut, at the Father Joe, Joe Malloy Center for uh, Blood, Sweat, Tears Wrestling. It's going to be phenomenal. Look forward to that. Um, you spoke about being in the thick of things, and not to, mm-hmm. not to really pun, be very punny here, but you were a bigger man a couple of years ago. Absolutely. I was I'm trying was. to say daddy was thick. Yeah, I was a big guy. Um, oh, and b- before, you, before you go forward, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Don't, 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 cut, the, don't cut the cure off. I, I apologize. Don't bring that back Watch down your to mouth. Apologize. The I, cure's talking. I, I apologized. All right. I apologize. As you were, sir. <laughs> Keep it going. Um, go ahead. No, ask whatever question you like. He disrupted his thought process. Brody, you want to... No one ever disrupts the thought process. Which, do you the thought process is guests? forever going. You're going to have to shape up. Go ahead. You want to ask these questions? Go, as you were. Jesus. I'm trying to accommodate our guest. So am I. I'm trying by, to get his story out there. By cutting him off? Jesus. Anyways... You were a bigger guy, as I just said. Mm-hmm. What was your heaviest weight? And About three fifty. Where are you now? I'm right now at currently um, training for getting into the season 
uh, my season because the cure doesn't wrestle on other people's time. The cure wrestles on his time. And okay. um, my season coming up, I'm currently at about 215 pounds. All right. And um, when I step tough. back into the squared circle, four-sided, six-sided, eight-sided, don't matter. I will be in tip-top physical condition and ready to uh, administer the vaccination. High ring or low ring? Uh, any ring. It doesn't matter if it's a goddamn fucking octagon. All right. The cure is going to show up to show out. And you better believe that once I step foot through those ropes, that it is real. Okay. And Johnny Valentine said it the best. I cannot convince you, the listener, the, the watcher, okay, the viewer, okay, I hate the term Mark, I'll never use it. Okay, but I cannot convince anyone that professional wrestling is real. However, I can convince you straight up that the cure is real. I respect that. I respect that a lot. Now we're gonna go back to WCW. Um, what was your fir- your earliest memory of WCW? What what was that first thing that was like? This is it for me. Gotta be Bass at the Beach. Which year? Nineteen ninety six. The Hogan turn. The Hogan which, turn. Which which like WCW was always. I mean, coming from the NWA days yep. and things like that. You know. WCW was always kind of second tier because Vince McMahon was such a pioneer and such a visionary what he did with um, the World Wrestling Federation. Um, WCW was always kind of a backseat in, in, in an aspect that wasn't really true to what the product was. And that's what like guided me towards it and glued me to the television was because it was so good but yet so underrated. And that has to do um, a lot with my story because I am so good but yet so underrated and have been held back because of people's presumptions of what and who I am. And and WCW for me still resonates. I still go back and watch old WCW tapes and uh, a man who is, who's a huge influence on my career, the great Dean Malenko. Yes, the man of a thousand holes. A thousand holes. And if anyone brings up that Chris Jericho bullcrap and I'm looking at you, <laughs> Brody. Looking at you, Brody. <laughs> A thousand one holds. I'm sorry. There, there aren't a thousand one holds. There's only a thousand holds in the one man that knows him. That's Dean Malenko. There's only one man that knows a thousand and one. But I digress. I was on your side, Cure. Let's keep it that way. <laughs> um, it's a thousand and four, jackass. Well, I know a thousand and one. Well, um, Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko, huge influence on me. Um, Arn Anderson as well. Um, you know, and actually, the man. Um, I, I know I, you know, I'm a huge WCW guy, still am to this day, but um, a man by the name of Jean-Paul Levesque, who is most commonly known as Triple H, Hunter, um, Hearst, Helmsley. Hunter Hearst Helmsley, part of the Blue Bloods with you know, yes. Stephen Regal. That was, that's, that was a that's great. A, that's a little tidbit that not a lot of people know. It's a great tag team that was uh, didn't have enough time to really get some steam going, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and you know, but the best thing for Hunter was to go to the World Wrestling Federation, and he is literally the reason that I decided to strap on a pair of boots. Was watching Triple H in the early two late you know nineties, early two thousands. Awesome. Uh, Triple H definitely is one of those guys that like. A lot of people think just be, he came in through as, as this snob, blue blood, you know, that was his first, you know, touch of the ring when people, what people don't know is that he started in WCW mm-hmm. as terrorizing. That's right. You know, and he worked his way up. He was part of the blue bloods, like you said, with William Regal. Trained with Killer Kowalski. Yep. Oh. And right after that, he felt like he was going to bet on himself. And then he went to WWE to go do his thing, which, and, you know, he became his own blue blood. Turned out, turned out pretty well. 
Yeah, he, he turned that all right. Uh, what is he? Pretty four, 14, four, 14 time, time world champion. Yeah. I think it turned out all right. I yeah. mean, yeah. who's he ever beat? He did a little show. <laughs> I mean, depends on who you're asking. Yeah, really. that's true. You know. Um, so yeah, so WCW, like you said, Bash to be ninety six. That was a that was the year. That was a turning point year for WCW. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, they're coming off of Halloween Havoc like ninety five with the Yeti. Yeah, the Yeti. Uh, yeah, they were good. They were the great some, Tony Schiavone. Um, I was a huge Tony Schiavone fan. He was trying very hard to get the Yeti over. Listen, well, he he was doing and, his job. And you know what? Kind of got over. Yeah, he got it over. I mean, got the Yeti way two, over. The two ply man is what I like to call him. I mean, I mean, come on! <laughs> it takes raw talent to get something like that over. Look at me, and Gene Oakland. We're using over the, the term over. We get the gobbledygook. We're, we're 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 using the term over very very loosely. Oh, extremely loosely. Um, but something that's not loose is the fact that the cure will be over this 2019, and I, I can believe it. I can take that and put it in the goddamn bank for you because that's the truth. Well, I mean, all we're right. all in so, on the cure. Keep saying it. The cure starts out rough, over three hundred pounds. Dropped down yeah. to two fifteen. Wasn't I? Wasn't uh, the cure back then? I was a I was a lost soul, like so many others right now. Um, I was, uh, as I like to say, a part of the infected. I was okay. a part of the problem. I was a part of uh, the issue with professional wrestling. I tried to be too much sports entertainment. And I put on a pair of, of I put on a pair of tights and I put on a gimmick and I put on, um, you know, a mask, and not a physical mask but a metaphor, metaphorical mask, mm-hmm. and I pretended to be someone that I wasn't, and that was the rock star Justin Sky. And la- last year when I came back as the Cure, okay, I said that Icarus once flew too close to the sun, and he fell. And that was his demise, his arrogance, okay? okay, and and his hubris. And the cure has none of that. The cure is humility personified. The cure is the answer to the issue that is the lie that the world wrestling entertainment and that soon AEW will produce, which is what professional wrestling is supposed to be. And... I believe that the viewer is to make what professional wrestling is supposed to be. And I will show you that, whether you would like it or not. The cure will administer, to call it the vaccination. And that's not a move, that's not a gimmick, that's not a play on words, that is me. And I will show you that there is no gimmicks. There are no gimmicks. There is no right or wrong there's no good or bad there is no heel or face there is just absolution there's just the cure no lack of a better term so you spoke about arrogance mm-hmm. and you then you brought up aw yes and you know there's some people on the internet who would proclaim mm-hmm. aew to be a bunch of arrogant wrestlers thinking that they can change the world right i have my own personal opinion but i'm a, that's and no what idea. is your own personal opinion I everyone think, is entitled to it so don't be shy i think i think what they're doing is good for the business mm-hmm. the way i think they're going about it does come off a little arrogant it is they, they come off and they think so they're good gonna, but arrogant they're it's good because at the end of the day 
whether they have the comparison to WCW or they have the comparison to any other indie, it's another place for people to go. Mm-hmm. They have the, the financial backing, which I hope they don't make the same mistake that WCW did by just handing people out money and letting them have creative control over their own you careers. Do, you do know that creative control and, and money and guaranteed contracts was something before even Eric Bischoff came into the picture Absolutely. in WCW. But it was WCW that didn't know how to control that. Mm-hmm. Because WCW should have been a product that still that could have been here now. Right. And I, I wholeheartedly agree that you know mistakes were made in the early 2000s. Absolutely. And the late 90s with that company that could have been um, avoided. Mm-hmm. Um, but not everybody gets it. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a saying, you know, you're in the wrestling business. But what is the what is the wrestling business? All it is 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 going out there, putting your body on the line, proving that you are the best mm-hmm. of the best. And, and not only in a technical standpoint, but an entertaining standpoint. In a standpoint where you're going to stand and fight for what is right. You're going to stand and fight for what this business is. And this business is the only absolute entity in the entire world. Nothing touches professional wrestling. And I'm here to prove that without a shadow of a doubt. And what I mean by that is I'm going to go out there, whether it is in BST wrestling, whether it, 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 it is in uh, Chaos Bar Wrestling, which I'll be a part of this, this June as well. Um, no matter what company, no matter what town, no matter what, what part of the business, no matter goddamn continent, I'm going to prove that the only absolute is going out there and proving whether people like it or not call me a bad guy call me a good guy if you do like it i really don't care i am out there because i am the necessary and i am the point that needs to be proven and that is that you have been lied to you have had the wool pulled over your eyes as to what you should like as to what you should believe to be right and i'm here to fix all that period okay he spoke about AEW. Yeah. He spoke. Um, what are your thoughts? You heard my thoughts. I, 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 I agree with you that more is better. Yes. I mean, they sold out Four a 10,000 seat arena in, you know, 28 minutes. And then they the sold time. out the first time. And then they sold out again four minutes. Which is impressive. Which is phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. On namesake alone. Yeah. Um, which is literally unheard of in live, live entertainment, Absolutely. especially in the day and age where instant gratification is key with, yeah. um, you know, social media. Absolutely. Um, and I give them all, all the power in the world, and, and I hope that they succeed. I hope New Japan succeeds. I hope that World Wrestling Entertainment continues to be the global phenomenon that it has been for the past 30 years. Because okay. without any of these people, without any of these avenues, even the smaller market indie promotions that I will be working on, mm-hmm. there will be no professional wrestling. And that is what I strive to avoid, is the end of what I love, and that is overall this business. Okay. So, we're, we're speaking of AEW, brought up New Japan, mm-hmm. and... um. I know that there is a certain individual <laughs> who has kind of drawn your ire. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I mean, <laughs> I wasn't going to talk about him, but I, I, I will if this is a, something that's going to be Well, it has been brought, brought to my attention that there is a certain villain in New Japan. Just and say his Ring name, Marty Squirrel. Mar- Marty's there's, there, girl. There, there's no, there's no reason to even hide behind 
Oh no, there's a no name that there's no hiding. I, I'm just easing into the conversation there's because no, I don't like to ease into anything. Oh, okay, so there's, that's there's, not sugarcoat it. So there's there's beef here. Well, I I, I think more people are going to say that the beef is on my end, but Marty, you know, he may not even know my name. But okay. I know his, and the fact of the matter is that he's now in my sights. Why whether, is he in your sights? Whether he hears this podcast or not, before I get into that. Okay. Whether he hears this podcast or not, whether he responds to a tweet or a message that I may send him or not, whether he knows that I am a worker and a, and a workhorse and the, and the future of this business or not, the fact remains is that Marty Skrull and my past will cross at some point. And okay. when it does, he will have to answer for everything that he has done in the name of being a villain. Because the villain is a marker and a moniker that is a lie. Because he doesn't, he doesn't want to be bad. He doesn't want to be this, this, this person who you boo. He, he lives for the cheers. He lives for your admiration. And what villain wants that? No villain wants that. They, they could care less. Marty Squirrel's a false idol. He, 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 he preaches that he is absolute, but he is absolute garbage. Oh, those are strong words. Marty Squirrel a strong is, man. is a lie. And, and, and my, my, my heritage, I come from a long line of a family of doctors and PhDs, and, and health physicians, okay? okay. There's a reason why I donned this mask, okay? And if you don't know my mask, it is a mask of the raven. It is a, a mask that the doctors used to wear in the plagues, okay, when they were curing individuals. Mm -hmm. Key word, curing mm -hmm. individuals. Exactly what I'm seeking out and sorting out to do right now, which is cure the industry in which that I love so much, that I hold dear to my heart and marty squirrel is more worried about Skrull. selling t-shirts at hot topic than he is about producing good sports entertainment and good professional wrestling he's more worried about umbrella shots and and, and dicking around in airports on youtube with his best friends than he is about putting on great matches and that's my beef with marty squirrel so you're telling me that he's not a good wrestler marty squirrel could be a great wrestler okay marty squirrel's Resting on his laurels, and he's resting on his 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 friend's club name. Marty Scroll's not elite. Marty Scroll's never been elite. Marty Scroll was a replacement and a substitute for Adam Cole once he left the Indies to go to a bigger and better horizons. Marty Scroll is a false idol. Marty Scroll's a lie, and he's more worried about putting dollars in his pocket than making sure that the state of professional wrestling is in good standing. Okay, so and that's my issue. So there, there's no deeper issues, just the fact that you think he's not as good as he thinks he is. I know he's not as good as he thinks he is. Okay, so is there a message you want to send out to him? Absolutely. <laughs> There's a message that I've been waiting for a very long time to send out to him. And Marty, if, and I use the keyword if because you're so arrogant in your own reflection that you probably won't even listen to this, you probably won't even respond to me, and come the time where we do cross cross paths you probably won't even know who i am but i will know who you are and i do know who you are you are my crosshairs okay and marty when the time comes that you and i cross paths and you look eye to eye face to face with lucas chase in the ring i will take you down and i will bet my bottom dollar that you have nothing to answer 
but you will be shown the light. I will lead you to your salvation. I will take your mask and I'll put it on my mantle right next to mine because I, unlike you, earned the moniker. I, unlike you, am, in some people's eyes, a true villain. And in some people's eyes, I'm a hero. And that is because I am absolute. And that is because I am the truth. That is because I am the vaccination. You are the disease. You are a part of the cancer. And I am the cure. And that is all I have to say about Marty Skrull. Strong words, Marty Skrull, if you're hearing. Put up a shut up, boy. The ball is in your court. See you on YouTube, Marty. Because that's where you're going to remain. All right, let's lighten things up a little bit here. Cause that What's got your favorite color? Black. I knew that was coming. Uh, uh, that, that, I think that was painfully obvious at this point. Fair. 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 Um, favorite cartoon? Yeah, Tom and Jerry. Tom and I Jerry. was expecting Billy and Mandy. No. Because no, of no. the Grim Reaper. You know what? Tom and Jerry is very, very, very good here. I like You that. want to talk about beef. There's no other beef that as soon as they lock eyes, they try to kill each other. So Yeah. On site. Yeah, on site. On site. On site. No, no idea what's going on there. All right, so let's let's lighten things up a little bit because that got a little a little heavy. I wasn't really expecting all that. So well, you don't know what to expect. No, you know, I, you I know, definitely don't. I definitely you know, don't. You 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 say things get heavy, but I'm I don't shy away from the hard hitting. No, that, that's okay. And you know, and, you know, you asked me about my beginning, and you asked me about you know. My my past and and I told you like I was living as a as one of the false idols and one of the yep. martyrs uh, in in sports entertainment as the rock star Justin Sky, and and I was shown the light, based on, pretty much the equivalent of being shunned from this business, being labeled a backyarder because I wasn't I didn't go to the best training facility right away. Where did you get trained? I got trained in Bridgeport, Connecticut. By, by. The school name would, would say that pretty Paul Roma trained me, but okay. he showed up once for about 30 minutes and took $2,000 from me. So basically, they're the equivalent to Daniel Bryan's Shawn Michaels story. I don't know the ins and outs of that, but I do know mine, and yeah. So yeah, I'm going to say yeah. Okay. Right. Well, you know, through DVDs and through countless interviews, Daniel Bryan went to the Shawn Michaels Training Academy. Shawn Michaels showed, showed up once, but he was really, truly trained by Rudy Boy Gonzalez and then later on by... I was actually really trained by a man who I hold to very high esteem. And it wasn't for a very long period of time, but he showed me enough to get me get my feet wet. Okay. And his name was uh, Tukey T- Tucker, the wrestling trucker. Okay. And um, he, he's inactive uh, and nowadays. he's the greatest name. He's a great guy. His, I his what, real what name, name is Alex, and he was a, he was a phenomenal... Can you give me being. the name one more time? Tukey Trucker. Tukey Tucker, the wrestling trucker. All right. Um, right. He had the he had the old uh, denim shorts uh, trucker hat shtick before uh, Jonathan over there at the E with uh, the C Nation and everything. The guy from Transformers. Yeah, that yeah, dude, yeah, yeah, Bumblebee. Yeah. yeah. The guy from Blockers. Mm-hmm. The dad. Phenomenal movie. And Good movie. Was it? Yeah. yeah pretty. What kind of movies is Lucas like? Uh, it depends what is on the day. I'm a huge indie 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 movie guy. Quirky comedy. Indie comedies. Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, all about it. All right. Blades of Glory. Uncle Rico. Uncle, you throw over. Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico. I just oh. want to let you know that I love you. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> everyone loves the cure. Everyone loves the cure. So, Tukey Trucker. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. Tukey Tucker, the wrestling the trucker. The wrestling trucker. Yeah. One, shut your mouth. 
So I went there with a couple buddies of mine. I was still in high school. I was about 17 at the time. Okay. And I, and I went down and I, I told I told my folks, I said, I want to I wanna give this a shot. I want to do this for real. I'm going to go train. I want to be a professional wrestler. What did they tell you? They said, you know, if you want to do it, you got to do it. And, you know, we support you. Just know that it's probably going to be one of the hardest things you ever do in your life. And, Respect you know, that. we're not going to pay for it. You got to pay for it in the whole nine yards. I did about two months of training there. Okay. Um, with Tukey, and then they closed up shop. They used to run an indie fed called CCW, Connecticut Championship Wrestling. I remember that. And that was their federation based on school. And uh, when they went under, um, I still tried to get training and work. Um, and there were a couple guys by the name of Joey Brico, Andy Sweet. I love Andy to death. Andy was always very nice to me and, and showed me a lot of things. I've worked with Andy in the ring a couple times. Uh, but Joey Brico and this guy named Lucas Sharp with a K, which is very pretentious, and he is terrible. I, I think I've, I've heard of Lucas Sharp. And um, they, they, at the, they, they you, you sue what they call in the business big league me. Mm-hmm. And they thought lesser of me. They didn't think I was good. They didn't think I was right or I didn't pay my dues, yet they hadn't either when you look back at it. Um, and now I'm the only one still active in the professional wrestling world, and they're working at Olive Garden. That's it right there. That's Lucas Chase with a stupid fitted cap and his Under Armour fucking shirt that his mom, you know, macro made on with Walmart patches. He thought he was the greatest thing to professional wrestling since sliced bread. And now he's working at a Walmart in Bethel. So, you know, everybody gets their dues, but Lucas is still going strong and I'm here. So, I mean, I've seen Lucas Sharp a few times. Um, I actually went to a CCW show, I believe, in... Stratford not too long ago where um, Gargano took on JT Dunn in the main event. Right. And um, I ha- actually, for what I paid, I believe I underpaid for how good of a show that was. Um, so I do, I do know of CCW. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, Lucas Sharp always, to me, always came off as, a, as a, you know, for what they, you said they called you, a backyarder. And Which is ironic because if you look at you look at the man who is going to face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania this year, Seth Rollins, a two-time WWE champion, yep. backyarder, two bona fide Hall of Famers in the Hardy Boys, multiple-time tag team champions, backyarders, the, backyarder. backyarders. Okay, Austin Aries, backyarder. Mm-hmm. Okay, Buddy Murphy, who's probably the greatest worker under our noses at this current moment in time, backyarder in Australia. He lied, okay, to a promoter in Australia for six months just so he can get ring time and bookings. And you got guys in the state of Connecticut who, well, look down their noses at people. Which doesn't make sense to me because if you look at anybody who's at anybody, you had to start it somewhere. Dean Ambrose. Absolutely. Dean Ambrose was a backyarder. Like you said, Seth Rollins, backyarder. And Dog 20, a.k.a. Matt Cross, back backyarder. Yarder. I don't... Anybody who says, oh, he's just a backyard wrestler, is, an, is a... For the term that you won't use, is a stupid mark right. for the business. Mm. I'm sorry. Sanjay Dutt, Cruiserweight champion, great wrestler. Yep. Backyarder. Yep. I can go on and on for days. Absolutely. For days. 
Teddy the amount Hart. of talent. I, I, I don't think you need you need to be the most technically sound. And here's what separates me from the pack, okay? Here's what separates me from the pack, all right? I don't think that you need to be the most technically sound performer in the ring. I don't think you need to be the most, you know, downright technical mastermind. You don't need to be Bret Hart. You don't need to be, you know, Luthez in order to be a goddamn professional wrestler. You know what you need? You need heart. You need passion. You need desire. And you need to give, excuse my language, you need to give a fuck. Absolutely. About this business in order to make this business what it is. Mm -hmm. You look at guys like Aleister Black. You look at guys like Seth Rollins. You look Mm -hmm. at guys like AJ Styles. You look at guys like the Dudley Boys back in the day. You look at guys like Taz, who's one of the most underrated submissionists of all time. Taz, whose move I use in my repertoire, okay, in honor of him. I have two moves that I use inside the ring. That are is pay homage to two of my biggest, biggest inspirations. And that's the Taz Mission and the Texas Clover Leaf for Dean Malenko. Absolutely. Okay, I will always pay respect to those two men for giving me what I wanted growing up and what that was to be a professional wrestler. Taz being trained by Johnny Rod. Absolutely. Great, great, great wrestler in in the later days of um ECW. Um Beat Me If You Can, Survive, survive if I, I Let You. That's it. Listen, that man walked out in a singlet. And a towel on his head Bear and boots. whooped everybody's ass. And let anybody tell me that he wasn't a fucking beast in that ring. He was killing guys Absolutely. double his size, Absolutely. throwing them around Absolutely. like they were pillows. This is Taz. It's funny because as as you say all this, I I, I look down. I have my I have my mask that I wear to the ring. I was gonna ask you about that. And this mask is a symbol in me because it, it, it represents what I used to be. I mean, you, it, it, it represents what I'm trying to defeat now. It rep- for, speaking like, you know, for me, it looks like it represents something that, someone that's trying to cleanse you. You're being cleansed. Is that what it says to you? Yeah, because you, you said it best. You were it the means, rock star. It means something different to everyone who sees it. Okay. This is a symbol. Mm-hmm. And... Whoever decides to join me, because I may be the cure now, but I might not be the cure in 10 years. Someone else may be the cure. The cure isn't one individual. The cure is a symbol. The cure is everlasting. The cure is absolute. The cure is all-encompassing. The cure is the break in the mold. The cure is what you don't know you need. Okay. The cure is what anti-vaxxers right now are trying to avoid. <laughs> and that's something that they need, whether they want to fight it or not. When you get the measles in 2019, there's a problem because the cure is out there. It's up I'm to sorry. you. I just imagined uh, Lucas Chase popping up in anti-vaxxers' houses and just punching them all. I punch every one of them. Punching all the and I'm not going to get political. I'm not going mean, to get political. That's to each their own. However, it's 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 a metaphor, and it, it it is a it is a line of symmetry that people need to realize is that whether you think you need something or not doesn't make it right or wrong. Okay. Because at a certain point, you will fall, and you will realize that you need to accept it. When did you accept it? When did you realize you fell and you needed to get out? What was that like one defining moment? That one defining moment for me was when I injured my knee and I was I was laid up and 
I looked in the mirror and it was the booze and it was the drugs and it was the fuck it mentality that I got nothing left to lose. And I looked myself in the mirror and I said, I may have nothing left to lose, but at least I can take myself and strap on the vest and strap on the mask and strap on the boots and show everyone that they don't have to lose what they hold precious to them. Now, you spoke about your knee injury. You were out for a year and a half. year and a half, yeah. Um, While you were out, I'm pretty sure things were pretty rough. Yeah, dark, very dark, dark, dark period. Is that when the drinking and the drugs started? Or is that That's part of they the exasperated what, the situation? What pushed you? What made you? What made you go? This is not going to be the end of me because you know in, in wrestling business, some injuries end people's career, especially a knee injury. Especially a knee injury. It's really. A, I mean, Rey Mysterio's had like nineteen, and he continues to go. That dude's. A I, it's just the severity of it. I mean, um, what made me get up and say I'm not done yet was the fact that that's. That's always been my mindset is to just push, 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 push. And what I believe to be the actual truth is what separates people is when they are willing to pick themselves up. Okay. I fell into the abyss. I looked into the darkness and I did not blink. Mm-hmm. And it made me stronger. It made me faster. It made me bigger and better than I ever was before mentally and physically. And it made me come out the other side ready to take on this burden of having to do what's right. Some may call it a necessary evil. Some may call it heelish or villainish. Okay. But I call it right because I have an end game. And the end game comes to fruition on June 8th. Okay. Was there someone to guide you into the light? Or did you find the light yourself? There was someone there who I... Wish not to name at this certain moment in time. But she really helped. Okay. So when you were in this dark place, you know, trying to get yourself back, you know, into shape and get your knee back to where it needs to be for you to make your return. Mm -hmm. I moved down to Tampa, Florida. Okay. I rehabbed. I got stronger. I trained with the FWA. Okay. um, Florida Wrestling Alliance. And I came back ready to dominate. And with blood, sweat, tears, wrestling, I have been given the opportunity to do so. So now that you're on your comeback, mm-hmm. um, I'm pretty sure in a year to have the indie scene, you know, for lack has of a changed, bit, has completely changed. Yep. Is there anybody on your radar, anybody that you that you know on the top of your head, like I need to share a ring with? Two men immediately come to mind. That's Bobby Ocean and Dan Devan. Okay. They're two indie workers out of the state of Connecticut, you know, tri-state area, New Jersey, New York, Massachusetts. Um, Actually, who, I've heard a lot of Bobby Ocean's lately. Bobby Ocean is someone who we, I don't even know if he, Bobby remembers who I am, but we had one interaction. Um, I worked a battle royal in 2009. Mm-hmm. It was 19, green as goose shit. All right. Green as goose shit. And I, uh, I worked a battle royal, and Bobby came straight up to me afterwards, and he said, you can be really, really good. You just have to buckle down and do something with it. And at the time, I didn't know how pertinent that 
information and advice was um but now i do and i would love to step inside the ring with him lock up and go toe to toe and show bobby that his advice was taken to heart and i would love to give him a run for his money you heard it bobby yeah i've seen bobby come get and i have Didn't the most utmost respect for bobby oceans that's it i, Didn't I we have see the utmost respect yes, for bobby, bobby Ocean. a couple times at wrestle jam we did see bobby bobby very oceans is a, is a is a very high impact did we wrestler. S- we saw him on the show with uh gargano versus shenron yes yeah that was awesome. we also saw him that was a fun show at the show where it was it was like an eight man it was the eight man where it was like um team uh, Russell Jam versus Team Shikara. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he was. Okay. Yeah. Um, Bobby Oceans, uh, I don't know if you, how, how much of uh, the indie scene you remember from back then. I remember but, all. Um, when did you, okay, let's actually get into that. When did you start watching indie wrestling? I really, really got into indie wrestling when I, you know, started really working and paying attention. Um, you know, in 2009, 2010. Okay. I was still super new and super green, but I am the type of person that I like to absorb information. I like to go out there and I like to be a student of the game, okay. for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, all I do is watch countless hours of film and, 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 and do my thing and, and train and train and train and train and train. Um, so the indie scene has been a huge influence to me from the time I was about 19 years old, you know throughout today okay um especially getting into ring of honor you know when cassis ono was big and Mm -hmm. and when when tyler black was the champion Mm -hmm. and and when daniel bryan or you know brian danielson was was working um and a lot of men that i respect and, and one in particular that i lost a lot of respect for um who i don't even acknowledge as a part of professional wrestling history anymore and that is phil brooks cm punk is there a reason I forever will never, ever understand how someone can fight scratch and claw to make a better product. And then when they get to the part of their career that they could actually make a fucking difference, they leave because they weren't granted time off and money. That's the most selfish thing that you could possibly do. If you actually care about this business, like I care about this business, he'd still be working to this day. But I don't... Okay. So instead, he went for a guaranteed payday in a fucking sport that he sucks at. You can't argue that point. I can't argue that, that, that point. second point. You can't argue. I can't argue that second point. I can argue the first point. See, because I see things a little differently. We'll never really know the truth. That's we weren't I'm behind those closed doors. So I don't see it as necessarily being the money and the time off. He he has literally said on his former best friend's yes, Colt I, Cabana's podcast both. that he you know he had to wrestle a pay per view as the champion of the company and then they flew him out on a Learjet to make his fucking friend's wedding on time and he was pissed off because he couldn't get the full day off yet they alter everything for a pay per view. While you're the title holder and the face of the company to get you to where you need to be, you're making millions of dollars a year and you're complaining because you're still not outselling someone else. In his defense, from what I remember of that same, those same podcasts, he wasn't even main eventing as the champion. He wasn't. He was literally in the middle of the card while guys like John Cena were the main event of... Uh, he wasn't as big a draw. It, and at the end of the but day... you're the champion. It doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter. I I don't I disagree. I think it some doesn't people, matter. If you if you some getting, people transcend championships, some people are bigger than championships, some people don't need championships, some people so desperately need championships that their character can't get over. Okay, you look okay. at a guy like Elias Samson right now. On, yeah. Who was on the Raw roster. He doesn't need a title. Nope. That man does not need any type of belt. He, just he does not need any championship. He shows up. He doesn't even need fucking entrance music. No. He shows up, ladies and gentlemen, Elias, strums the guitar, gets the biggest pop of the night. That's true. Six would, days I, a week. I'll agree with you there. Six days a week. I'll Punk, agree with you you're mad you're not main eventing? Guess what? Change some shit. Work harder. Okay. Do what you need to do. Okay? Because guess what? Last night, as we record this podcast, last night was the Elimination Chamber. That is correct. What main evented? The title match. Exactly. Because Daniel Bryan brought it to where it should have been last year with AJ. Mm-hmm. I, I, would, I would agree that AJ was robbed of not being able to main event any pay-per-view on a calendar year last year with that championship. I digress. I think he was putting on spectacular matches, and especially with the Daniel Bryan angle towards later on the year, they should have main evented something. But that, However, Daniel Bryan is working at a rate right now that but that's my point. got that back up there. That's my point. In Vince's eyes, it, and I'm gonna say it it's as not even in Vince's eyes. It's in the moneymaker's eyes. He, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Are you, are you, gonna, think, are you gonna sit here and tell me straight to my face that Brock Lesnar is the bigger moneymaker? Are you gonna sit there? It. I, I, he's Brock Lesnar. He's proven it. He's proven it. Look what happened. Look what happened. Mm-hmm. Look what happened. People, you know, and I'm not a huge fan of Brock. I'm, I'm going I'm to set okay. that line straight right now. I'm not going out there being a Brock Lesnar fan and being like, oh, my God, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I think his work has gotten very lazy in the years of him getting older. Huh. And I watch his older stuff, and I'm like, what happened to that guy? Yep. Okay, because his work rate has decreased about 75%. Correct. And he does the same two moves. Yep. And he only gets good matches when he works with littler guys. But yeah, that only happens maybe like twice a year. Maybe. Maybe. Okay, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you got to understand that is the wrestling business, and it is business. And Brock Lesnar to a publicly traded company and to stockholders and to and to buy rates and to selling things, Brock Lesnar is more of a household name than CM Punk. Uh, No. So at the end of the day, I will not disagree with you. And you know what? The 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 pay per views that that's the the that CM Punk and Brock were actually on together. Brock Lesnar didn't even main event. So I'll throw that out you out to you. WrestleMania twenty nine, he lost to Triple H, and 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 Jericho and Punk went on after. I mean Jericho Taker went on after After that that. and still had the best Best fucking match of the the night. I was there live, and I'm 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 almost certain from conversations we've had, you were there too. Absolutely. I just want to go on right. It was Punk Taker, not Jericho Taker. Yeah, he, he corrected yeah. himself. I corrected myself. He oh, okay. definitely corrected himself. Okay. I just wanted, if you I were listening, if you were, if you were listening, whoa. First off, one, don't disrespect our guest. Don't can't do dis- that. That doesn't work. Don't doesn't disrespect work. our guest. That's my stick. That's my stick. You have Hulk Hogan and uh, Kenzo Suzuki on your shirt. Shut the hell up. I mean, those are those are former world champions. I'm just saying. Kenzo Suzuki. Yeah, in Japan. Uh, no, talking, no, your information. I'm talking about the E. He was a U.S. champion. No, no, he still was a champion. Keep curing this ignorance. So, okay, so you said that it's it's about money at the end of the day. Who's making the most money? It's a give and take. There's it's a give and take. Yeah. Because there's a group called the New Day. Yes. 
And I know you saw Chamber last night, and you saw Kofi have As the... As this is recorded, yes, the, the, the Chamber pay-per-view the, last the, night. The, 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 he had the match of the... He had the match of his career. Yeah. For almost three years, when New Day flipped the switch from gospel group to pure entertainment, mm-hmm. they were the top selling draws, mm-hmm. merchandise-wise, yeah. in the business. Right. Agreed. And they were stuck in the mid-card. They're also, they also solidified themselves as Hall of Famers in the process, though. That's true. I will agree. I will agree with you there, but if we're going, it's by- a give and take. It's a give and take. Okay. And and, and, and what I mean by it is, it is a business. It is about it, mm-hmm. it's about money at the end Absolutely. of the day. Absolutely. And that that is very true. Um, it is also about getting over with the fans, and it is also about giving the fans what they want. I I I, I uh, wholeheartedly check, agree with you on that. Check check. Right. I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. However, okay. there's tears to everything. Which are it's a, just like every company. Yep. Okay, and we're we're specifically talking about World Wrestling Entertainment. I know. Right At this moment in time, yep. we're specifically talking about that. Definitely. The New Day mm-hmm. made a shit ton of money. Yep. They still do. They made. They still do. Okay. Pancake off, power off of the, the dumbest things ever. And Cereal. some may say dumb, but as someone who is trying to 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 alter that perception, it's streamlined. No. I, what I mean, okay, let me let me rewind. I don't mean dumb as in like it's stupid. I mean dumb as that like it they're really foolish. Dumb. It's just foolish things. It's just like foolish throwing pancakes. Pa- like, they're, they're making. But there's money. a demographic. Who's their demographic? It, but that's what exactly. I'm saying. Cereal. They have a cereal. Who's their demographic? Kids. Exactly. Did you buy their cereal? I definitely did. At twenty dollars a box. Twelve dollars a box. Twelve dollars a box. I actually did. But I, I'm, what I'm in my defense, I didn't necessarily buy it. It was bought for me, but it's great. What I'm thinking you're getting as if, if 10 years I told you there's going to be a group that's going to be Hall of Famers, they're going to throw pancakes and have cereal. Mm-hmm. You're going to sit there and go, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. Exactly. Yet here they are. Absolutely. And let, let, let's not take anybody's credentials away. Mm-hmm. Damn near should have been world champion last night. Damn near should have been. Kofi Kingston, United States, intercontinental tag team title. Multiple. Multiple tag team titles, all different style tag team titles. Yep. Two things he hasn't done, money in the bank and world champion. Money in the bank and world champion. He was very close in 2014, the one that Rollins won. Absolutely. But his career's he's there. Xavier, he's a Hall of Fame. Xavier Woods is a, what, four, five-time? Five-time. Tag team champion at this five point? Five-time. Biggie, former Intercontinental champion, tag team champion. Mm-hmm. All have these amazing careers. They're all making amazing money. They're all having great matches because don't take any of their talent away. They have put on some of the best matches on some of the pay-per-views. Right. Very fast. None of them have made events up until last night. Now let me ask you. Let me let me bring this to your yeah, your your please. your view here and and m- m- mind you, before I'm, the I'm new an, day, I'm, a, I'm an outsider. I'm before an outsider the new day, in. you're but, you're you you know more of this business than I do. And I don't want to speak from an inside. Okay. View. I'm going to speak as a fan right now. Okay. You look at Kofi Kingston, active yep. since 2009. Yep. Right? 2008. Mm-hmm. Was he the number one selling merch guy up Not until New Day? Nope. Okay. Up until New Day, no. Check. Xavier Woods, TNA. Yep. Comes to development. Yep. Gets brought up, mm-hmm. put into New Day. Or he was Austin Creed. Mm-hmm. Right? Did he do anything? No. Did he sell merch? Did a lot of dancing. Did a lot of dancing. Right? Okay. He, he shook his fro. Check. Biggie. Okay. Had the 10 second count gimmick. 
Yep. Down former in NXT, NXT champion. Former NXT champion. Amazing. Beat Seth came Rollins. Up, came up. He had the uh, the whole thing with Dolph Ziggler. Yep. Who's a joke. Clapping chalk. Right. Yeah, which is a great thing. I mean, you know, Intercontinental Champion mm-hmm. had the whole AJ Lee thing. Was he number one merch seller? No. Was he being himself and, and, and an extension of himself and being entertaining? Or was he the chalk guy and a man of few words? Absolutely. I get what you're saying. Check. Put them all together. You have the greatest stable and tag team in the past 20 years. Absolutely. They're where they're supposed to be right now. And they're making, they're making the company money. They're making themselves money. They're getting over. And... Mm-hmm. When did they come out as New Day? How many years ago? Four. Four, yeah. And now Kofi's in the main event, last guy getting eliminated by Dan Bryan in the chamber on WrestleMania season. Which, let me quickly now, take wait, a wait, left before, turn. Before, let me ask you a question. Yes. And, and this is a very serious question. Absolutely. I don't want you to just fucking spew out an answer. I want no. you to think about it. Okay. Before the gauntlet match on SmackDown last week, mm-hmm. when was the last time you looked at WWE television and said, man, I really wish Kofi Kingston was in the title contention against Daniel Bryan right now. Three years ago. Well, excuse me. Four years ago. Four years ago. I'll give, I'll give you that. I, I, can, I, I, I knew the question was coming. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I can give you it's a rapid fight. all these fucking fly-by-nighters that watch this shit, and then they think that the company doesn't know what they're doing. No. Or they think that the, you know professional wrestling writers or producers or whatever don't know what they're doing yet. You're, you, Daniel Bryan says it's the best. Wrestling, wrestling fans are fickle. Oh, absolutely. Because they get fed this, and then they think they're having original thoughts. And that's what I'm trying to break, is that mold. Yeah. With what I'm doing. Okay? That's what I'm trying to do, is break that mold. Okay? Trying to cure it? Exactly. I'm trying to administer that You're not lethal injection to the facade that is sports entertainment. And I guarantee you that if you come... On June 8th, you will know that to be true. All right. Now, let's talk about BST Wrestling because I'm ready to go on that. Yes, please. BST Wrestling is coming June 8th to the Father Malloy Center in Black Rock. That's right. The Black Rock session in Bridgeport, Connecticut. We are going to be live and in color, baby. Um, besides <laughs> yourself, is there anybody else signed as of yet? Right now, we do have a couple people signed okay. um, that they're going to be unveiling. I am not at... Okay. Liberty to All right. announce that. However, I can make a couple general announcements um, about the show. Um, it will be taking place and be hosted by Bridgeport uh, local comedian, actor, amazing man, um, Manny Sierra. My um, tag team partner. Midday with Manny. He will be on this um show as our host and 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 he will be there to interact with the fan base and everything and it's going to be phenomenal and we will be crowning two not one but two inaugural champions at this first show you heard heard it here first brother brody will be hosting this great show for blood sweat and tears you said you're you're crowning two inaugural champions that's right do you want to touch bases on what those inaugural champions will be absolutely we will be uh crowning in a first Ever. Okay. Style match. No match like this has ever been done before. Okay. Okay. It's going to be the blood, sweat, and tears match. Okay. Okay. The blood, sweat, and tears match. 15 men mm-hmm. will enter. You start with two. At one and a half minute intervals, one man will come out until all 15 competitors are in the ring. Once all 15 competitors are in the ring, the only way to be eliminated is by getting tossed off over the top rope. Now, once you say, hey, that sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. However, here's the kicker. Once 
the first 13 men are eliminated from this match. The last two men will have that ring bell rang or rung, and the match will begin no holds barred for the BST Wrestling Championship. I like that. So you first must defeat 13 guys to come down to the last two, and then you must face each other one-on-one to show who's willing to give their blood, their sweat, and their tears for the wrestling championship. I like that a lot. That sounds like a lot of fun. And, and then in the, in, in, in the second inaugural championship match, we will be crowning the first ever Blood, Sweat, and Tears Wrestling Monarch Champion. Monarch? Explain. Four women okay. will do battle in a fatal four-way elimination match to determine the monarch of the women's division. All right. I like that. I like that a lot. That's June 8th. When do tickets go on sale? Tickets go on sale March 3rd at 10 a.m. Will there be a pre-sale? There will be a pre-sale. Pre-sale will be the uh, March 3rd date, and then full general public uh, tickets will be going on sale March 15th. All right. That's awesome. Where can, where can people find out? They can find out on the uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears. It's uh, Blood, Sweat, Tears <coughs> underscore wrestling on Instagram. Uh, and you can look up Blood, Sweat, Tears Wrestling on Facebook.com as well. Awesome. And also, any inquiries you may have, you can email uh, bstwrestling2018 at gmail.com. All right. Is, where can we find you, Mr. Lucas Chase? You can look me up on, I'm very active and I do respond to everyone. Um, you can look me up at the Lucas Chase on Instagram, at the Lucas Chase on Twitter. Um, my Twitter is very, very entertaining. I am very, very um, open on commenting about the current product of professional wrestling um, and just interacting with fans and giving little tidbits on the day-to-day of Lucas J. This was an absolute pleasure. Thank you very I much. I feel cured already. I, I had an amazing time conversating with you I, today. I, I, I look I forward to June 8th at the Father Malloy Center. It's going um, to be a grand old time. And before, before we go... Yes. I do want to say that I am in the blood, sweat, and tears match okay. for the BSTW Wrestling Championship. All right. However, however, I am a man of action. I am a man who leads by example, and I am issuing an open challenge to anyone that would like to face me one-on-one in the center of the ring to start off the battle at Black Rock on June 8th. So if there is anyone, man, woman, doesn't matter. You want to face me inside the squared circle to kick off Blood, Sweat, and Tears Wrestling Battle at Black Rock. All you have to do is answer the open challenge on Instagram, on Facebook, DM me on Twitter, doesn't matter. Find someone who has my phone number, and I guarantee you the cure will respond. And the cure will finish what he has set out to do, I and think that Wes is wants to do it. Hey, Brody, I th- uh, no, I was actually gonna off. You, you should take this up, no, man. I'm his valet. I'm his sherry. You're his sherry. I don't think I, I can crush your win box and have you host a show too. Well, that's why I'm your sherry. BST management wouldn't like that. I mean, all right. Well, I'm guaranteeing victory at Battle of Black Rock. You heard it. That, so that's the, so. Just so we're clear, that's the name of the show. That is the yeah, the battle the battle at, Black, at Rock. Black Rock. Yep. June eighth. June eighth. Father Malloy Center. Rock. I cannot wait. I will be there. I'll be there. Well, you have to be. I do have to be there. Um, start time? 6 p.m. 6 p.m. All right. That is bell time. Doors open at 5. Sounds good. I will be there early. I suggest you do too. Well, yeah. I mean, you know. Is that all you got? That, that's what you're going to have. He's a man of many more words once I'm he's in, hopefully hosting I, this, this show. Thing, like, I'm in awe. 
the cure is here. The cure is here. You know, I feel I feel cured. I that, I've been cured since he walked through the door. You I was sick. I was him, sick. So. Listen, I was sick last week. I was sick. I had the cold, and he comes in and I, I can breathe. Yeah, I mean, I heard there's a homeless guy outside. It was HIV positive. You guys, and then you he guys by, and now he's you guys it. joke and you guys kid, but all the fun and games will be over once the bell rings. All right. I respect that. Curious. I cannot prove to you that professional wrestling is real. But on June 8th, you damn well know that I am. <laughs>